Um, next Sunday, of course, is Christmas Eve. We are having a morning and an evening service. All right. So, um, and we might have a special guest next Sunday morning. I think somebody's waiting in the wings, too. Here. But anyway, so I, I do want to make a statement, though, just to make something clear. Um, and uh, although these super highly intelligent university Ivy League uh, presidents don't get it, we do. Um, we stand with Israel in their right to defend themselves against a, uh, an ideology that, that has one solution on, in their view is that the complete genocide of the Jewish people. We are not confused. Um, and uh, the fog of war, there's all kinds of confusion, but, but what happened on October 7th, there is no justification for the, the violence the inhumanity that came that that was unleashed against little babies, children, elderly men and women, etc., in neighborhoods with people who were not holding weapons, who were not a threat. Hamas is a is a demonic um, wing of the uh, of Islam. I'm not trying to say that all of Islam is demonic. It's not true. It's uh, in the but this. I'm just saying that. Um, Hamas, Hezbollah, and Iran, they are the tools of the devil in this day. And um, want to carry, off, carry out what Hitler didn't succeed at doing, um, nor did Haman way back in Esther's day, um, and so many others. And um, so we continue to pray for, for them and for the innocent civilians living in Gaza who hate Hamas as much as anybody else, but they don't get any airtime. I've seen some clips of some who actually uh, say, asking America and Israelites, Israel to, de- to deliver them from Hamas. Because you understand, when, it, when Israel, when the woke, pandering Israeli people, uh, leaders back in the 2006, thought that somehow you can appease the people who want to kill you, by giving them land, that they proved it wouldn't didn't work. Two thousand six, they all they they dislocate uh, uh, removed all the Jews living in in the in what's what's called Gaza. They had to leave, and they gave the whole land over over to the to the Palestinians. Uh, it was productive. They had left greenhouses that I mean they, that place was flourishing. And uh, and all that they had to do is keep things going, and they would have had been wealthy and some of the best beaches I understand on all the Mediterranean. And Hamas moved in, took over the elections, and there have been no elections since then. They're a terrorist organization, and uh, turned the places of that they could have brought prosperity, turned them into military training camps, and uh, and corrupted the whole thing. We we're not blinded by those things. Uh, I am. I, I think we should. Two things. One, if you want a good news source, if you haven't found it, um, a really good, uh, probably the best journalism you'll find is the Epic News, Epic Times. Um, I've just been uh, been. Uh, they come out with a weekly paper. They're online and those kind of things. Um, but I also been encouraged and surprised at CNN. Uh, of all people, Jake Tapper is actually. I don't know what he's doing now. I just seen a few clips of him actually 
calling out the, the evil that was done uh, to, the, to the Jews, the Jewish communities. And, um, but anyways, this is a day where um, the lie uh, up is down and down is up and right is wrong and wrong is right. And, and um, we can't bow in fear of, of declaring what we know to be true just because people might get upset with us and call you some name and those kind of things. So anyways... Um, and uh, those who want to say, oh, we don't talk about those things. And they, they, they try to say in church, we don't talk about politics. I'm going to tell you right now, I believe with all my heart that, that it's those uncomfortable conversations that believers and pastors are not willing to have because it will upset people that then they t- take that subject and call it political and then they can excuse themselves. Remember, we don't have... We can't separate things. I'm getting ahead of myself, but anyways. The Bible applies to every area of life. Amen? And so we will, unashamedly. So anyway, so today, and I've, I've been asked to do this several, you know, and so I'm going to do this again. If you were, if you were, were here last week as it was snowing uh, quite a bit yesterday, last week, but um, if I consider how some of these Bible characters would have, would have, uh, what they would say. And of course, some of it's subjective. You kind of, you get to know the culture and, and the issues going on. And so, and so, my mind, several, actually five years ago, this, this year, because it was the year that Jeremy had the heart transplant that I, I did several characters and like I did last week. And so I, I'm just curious what Joseph. We don't hear much about Joseph. You know, chapter, he's got like a handful of verses in chapter 1 of Matthew. He's got a few mentions in chapter 2 and chapter 3. And that's about it. And so you think, well, not much for Joseph. But I, the more you study, the more you look at the culture and, and stuff, I, I think he's got some lessons that we can learn from him. So, so I invited him to come today. Is that all right? So I'm going to go get him. And then he'll come out and, and I'll be right back. Or, well, he'll, he'll be right Yes. Uh, thank you, Pastor Tim, for inviting me. I'm sorry, I'm a little dirty. Got, I just came from the shop, um, the carpenter shop. And, uh, but, um, you know, I, it's nice to be here. I understand last week you had... My, Mary's, uh, the relative from my Mary's side, uh, Elizabeth's husband, Zechariah, they, they're quite a bit older than, they've been like kind of grandparents to us, um, and um, <clears throat> we didn't see them a lot, they live around Jerusalem, we're up at, by the Sea of Galilee in that little podunk place called Nazareth, and, um, but we'd see them once in a while at, at the festivals and down there, and sometimes Zechariah would be serving in the temple, and and we we looked up to them. He's he was a and is just a, a wonderful man of God, and they loved God. They had no kids, and but then there's some kind of thing, some kind of hubbub. We'll talk about that. But but all of a sudden he he can't speak, and then she's pregnant, and all this stuff's going on. And then, anyways, I'll get into that. But that's so. But you got to understand who I am, who who Mary and I are right now. I, um, I'm just a, I'm about almost twenty. And Mary's about, she's probably about 16. 
and um, when all this is going on. And, and we, the thing is, we're both awaiting the Messiah. We, we believe the Messiah, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And we're, um, we understand that the Messiah is going to get rid of those corrupt, pagan, money-grubbing politicians I mean, Herod sits on the throne. He has the title King of the Jews, but he got that by conniving and all the political maneuvering that you do. I think possibly even help somebody die quickly so he could get whatever. This is what's going on in our, in, in our nation, and we want to see an end to that. In fact, you should want that same in, your, in the end in your nation too. All right? It's, you're not getting political when you're talking about saving your nation. Right, And we believe that the Messiah comes. He will save our nation. He'll be the deliverer. And uh, it's a political solution. It's a social solution. It's a religious solution. Our desire is that his kingdom would come and his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's our desire. It's our belief. We don't separate the, sec- the, the sacred of, and the secular. We have. It's all the same thing. And it should be for you as well. I think Pastor Tim believes that. He's, he's told me that before. But, um, but the other thing about Mary and I, that we are really, we're, we're blessed. It's an honor to be descendants of King David. You know, you, don't, you never have a choice of who you were born to, but we got the, the, the honor to be descendants of David, that the prophets have prophesied that, that from his line would come the Messiah. Now, it's every Jewish girl's Wish you hear my little sister, you'd hear them sometimes, uh, you know, but oh, maybe I'll be the mother of the Messiah. And then they'd play house and just, I'm going to be the mother of the Messiah. No, I want to be, you know, but the, the desire of every young Jewish girl was to be the mother of the Messiah, especially those in our line that were the tribe of Judah, but actually in the line of David, even more so. So, May, it's, you know, we're just, we're, we're, we're honored, we're grateful. We have these uh, marriage customs. We, we actually do believe in marriage, unlike you, um, this nation anyways. Um, marriage and commitment makes men grow up um, because you have to make a commitment and not, not just move in and let's play house for a while. That's, that makes boys. Boys be, continue as boys. Uh, we have a betrothal uh, custom, and um, it's initially arranged by our, our parents, but at the same time, there's an agreement. We do have a say, um, and uh, you'll notice that I'm, I'm about three or four years older than Mary, and that's, that's common. Uh, it's not common like in some other cultures where it's a it's very hard-line arranged marriage. You could be, the husband could be 12, 15 years older than the bride, and that, that's, that's not, that's, that is not practice in Israel. Um, but so we're, we're betrothed. The betrothal lasts for a year. And what I, for it to begin, there's a contract made, but also I, as the groom in this case, have to, there's a dowry type of a, a bridal, uh, if you want a fee that I pay, uh, the, Mary's father for the privilege of paying, of, of marrying his daughter. And, uh, being that, uh, we're not that rich, uh, I pay up about half. I worked hard as a carpenter, saved up money, and I was able to pay him half of that payment um, up front. And then uh, we make the agreement between our families, and the betrothal begins. And the, the, the one-year time clock begins to go. And what's happening at that time, I'm going and I'm preparing a place for my bride. I'm building a house. 
many times it's right connected to your, my parents' house. But I, we, we, this, there's initial uh, commitment, and then I, I go and build a place, and then, and then I come back and take her to be with me. Maybe you've heard of a story, something similar like that. But that is, that is how we do it. And then it finalized at the end of the year, there's whatever money is left. They pay, pay the, the father, and then there's a feast, a big wedding feast. And then, the, of course, the wedding night and the whole marriage is, is consummated, and, and we're living in the same in, in everything. But at the very beginning of that year, we are as legally bound as anybody in marriage. And the only way you could break it is by divorce or death. You know, you heard about that. That lady who was having trouble with her husband says, I, I don't believe in divorce, but I thought about murder. You know, she's, you know, um, I think she was kidding. But, but, um, but this is how serious this whole thing is. And so that, and even if, if, if there was broken by death, you understand the complications that then, as, let's say if, if that were to happen in this situation, um, and, and I died, Mary would be a widow at the age of 16 or 17. And that's not that she can't find another marriage, another man to marry, but that it's a it's quite quite a cultural thing. And so, anyway, so but that's just kind of some background, so you understand. We were happy though; we're excited, you know, life together. You know, um, I loved Mary. She was she's just one of the nicest. Mo- I mean, a lot of nice girls, but Mary just stood out to me. As pretty as she was, she was in prettier here. And she had a, a genuine love for God that didn't de- depend on anybody else. And that, if anything, that's what attracted me to her. And as well as she said, same as her attraction to me. So you could say it was a match made in heaven, wouldn't you say? Or, or I thought so. I had a moment, the time. You see, there's a moment where my world just came crashing in, and I, and I want to tell you about it. It all begins with this whole thing about Elizabeth, her relative. We get news that, that, that remember, I think Zechariah, he taught us two things, one, two phrases for happy marriage. One is the term for yes, dear. And then later in, in life, you don't have an old lady, you have a woman of advanced years. Did, did he tell you that last week? Right, okay. So it's, you know, very political, you know, strategic in your choice of words. Um, but... The uh, Elizabeth advanced in age is pregnant and come to find out she's six, six months along. And and I noticed something interesting about Mary. There's I don't know what's going on, but the, as as I just see her and I hear and she's going to go up and help Elizabeth, actually go south to into Judea to help. Elizabeth in the last trimester of her pregnancy, no doubt. I mean, an elderly lady that it's having being pregnant, no doubt, was quite a strain on her. And and then, of course, the delivery, and then be able to be there the, at least for a few days after the baby's born. So Mary's there, and and says, "Okay, well that works. I mean, at least I mean that she'll be back in time for the one year thing. We can still get married, and so." So I'll just keep myself busy preparing the place for her and then working hard and getting the rest of the money I owe her dad um, get ready for that, that great day. So um, anyway, so she, she goes up there, and um, I'm keeping myself busy, and I'm excited to see her. And she comes, she comes back, finally three months, a little more than three months, and oh, yay. So our family, we don't, now we don't date there's no dating. There's, we don't go to the bagel shop and have a bagel and coffee. We, we, 
you know, it's family things where we gather at and festivals and it's that kind of thing. And I, but I, I come to the family home and, and to see her. And, but her father comes out and says, Joseph, there's something you've got to know first. He says, Mary is pregnant. What? I said, Mary is pregnant. What? What? I'd rather he'd taken a two-by-six out of my shop and hit me on the side of the head. It would have hurt less, and I could have recovered quicker. How? How's that? This is Mary, this godly young woman that I love. She leaves town, goes to this big city area, gone for three months, and she comes back pregnant. What am I to think? What would you think? And then my mind gets going crazy. She was in the arms of another man? What, what's going... And I just, I just want to scream, and yet I don't know what to say. I'm just stunned. I'm speechless. I'm, I'm dazed. I think, what? She's... You might say, did you talk to her? Are you kidding? Finally, the all I could do was turn around and walk back home. Hardly remember the journey back. There's not that far, but I... What? I mean, even if I did talk to her, what could she say? Oops. What was I to believe? I, I mean, what could I do? There's only one thing I could do. I had to divorce her. The last thing I ever thought I would want to do with her. And besides, what would people think of me if I married her? They'd think that I was the responsible party and that we had misbehaved. And, and then there's the shunning and the shaming, the judgment, the, the little snickering, and, the, and then the labeling of our, ch- of, of, of our child with a word that begins with B that Pastor Tim will not let me say up here. Talk about ripping your heart out Throwing it on the ground and stomping on it. This is how I felt. But I do love her. I care about her. Even though she's apparently done something. I don't even want to know the details. There's enough mental pictures that are just tormenting me right now. I, I don't need any more pictures. But I'm not going to bring unnecessary shame and disgrace on her. You see, there are some who have had this happen to them, and these men have paraded their wife, their their adulterous wife, through the streets and just disgraced her in front of everybody and declared that she's unfaithful and really ruining her, ruining her. We don't have a welfare system and nobody would want to marry her and she would be a beggar, probably turned to prostitution and, and terrible things uh, because of that. But our law does allow 
for divorce in a quiet way. Just two people, two witnesses. And so I, that's all I would do. We would just go quietly, go to the city elders, and we would have two witnesses, and we would s- sign the certificate of divorce, and they would sign it, and then, and then it would be done. It wouldn't be able to be completely a secret, but then at the same time, she wouldn't be disgraced. And, and then we'd just figure out what to, what to do from there. So I made my decision, right? Go home. Finally, it's, it's dark. It's, I have a hard time going to sleep, but I finally fall asleep. And then maybe you've had those kind of dreams. But I, had, I, I had this dream, <laughs> full-color dream. In fact, I don't think it was a dream. I, it was as much a dream as it was real, as it was real. It was a dream. I was there. And here's this angel. Not to say I was a little shaking, a little like, what's going on here? And then he speaks and he says, Joseph, son of David. Now, my father's name is Jacob, not David. But I know what that means. He is pointing how far they had turned from God and how much judgment they deserved. He repented, the Bible says, like no king before him or after. And he led the people in repentance and celebrating the Passover like never before or after. And that even includes David and Solomon. That, and God was so moved, will be with child and will give birth to a son and you shall call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That the child of promise would be born from a woman who is still a virgin. Well, I guess in a sense that makes sense. That the Messiah, God's Messiah deliverer, would enter this world in the most miraculous, unique way than anybody else. Why not? And then began to realize Mary had been faithful to me. Mary was everything that I thought she was. It wasn't what I feared. Yes, she. I just, it's like this ton of bricks just rolled off the back of my shoulders. But I still had to make a choice, though. See, I know what the truth is, and apparently, and Mary had the same. She knows what the truth is, right? But who's going to believe us? Right, Joseph. You had a dream. An angel, sure, sure. Yeah, Mary, oh, oh, had a little the Holy Spirit thing, yeah. Yes, and spiritualizing your way out of something that you were when you weren't be. Some people, I, we just knew some people wouldn't believe us, and they would think the worst. And quite frankly, some might even make a reference like Zechariah did last week. He said, you know, it's been 400 years since there have been any angels and visions and dreams and prophetic words. There's been no, no supernatural thing for 400 years. That stuff's over. We've been taught... That, they needed that back then because they didn't have the, the scriptures like we have, and now we have the scriptures, so we don't need the miraculous anymore. It ceased. And you're going to try to tell me that it's happened today? You, had a, you met angels, and angels speaking to you, and angels doing this, and the supernatural conception happens to her, and the supernatural uh, conception in Elizabeth, the 
woman of advanced ages, who becomes pregnant and gives birth to this boy, and the husband is deaf and mute until he writes down his name as John, and all of a sudden he can speak. And the, and the first thing that Zechariah heard, he would probably tell you this, he heard this voice worshiping God and declaring the greatness of God and the promise of God, and then he realized it was him that he was hearing. I mean, I don't know, that's a little far, that stuff doesn't happen anymore. But we couldn't deny what we'd seen, we couldn't deny what we'd heard, and I felt this was God. This is, this, I don't need you to, to confirm to me it, it's God. I know it's God. I met, I met the angel, I've, I've the witness in my spirit, and so our families met together. We shared, Mary shared her story and, the, and what happened more, details of what happened up there or in, in Judea with Elizabeth and, and uh, Zechariah and the little baby John and, and tells us her story. I tell them my story and, and I can't tell you the level of relief that began to wash through that room and our parents, godly people, and they, they believed us, they believed God, and they were re- we had a little time of rejoicing. And quite frankly, there were some people who know us well and we trusted that we shared this with as well. And they, and they, did, they believed that they were like, kind of like, well, this is really different. But they, they loved us enough and trusted us that they, they were along with us. And what a moment. And so the big day came kind of awkward Mary was showing by then but they knew the people who were with us they understood this was a, a work of God the promise of God was being fulfilled of, of generations of centuries and so with the great feast and of course I gave her father the rest of the money we had a great feast and took Mary home to be with me in the place I had prepared for her. And, um, and I just said, I vowed to, to wait for us to have come together in any kind of other way until after Jesus was born. And, and um, it was wonderful. Those are just special, unique days, strange days, humbling days in one way. I mean, we, here Mary and I, we lived in Nazareth. We, what, what good comes out of Nazareth? That's what they say, you know. And yet God found us there in Nazareth. Like Deer Park, you know. God could find you in Deer Park. He found us in Nazareth. And we have been chosen to raise a Messiah. That, that's frightening. I don't know. I, as you as parents, you're, what if I'm holding him and he jerks and, and does his thing and I drop the Messiah? I mean, every, come on, parents. You've thought about that, right? Or what if we go to Jerusalem, for example, for a festival? What if we lose him? <laughs> like that would happen, right? You know. Such a responsibility. Um, along the way, though, we had to just ignore those, the snickering, the gossiping, the slander, even after Jesus was born and, and these kind of things. But it was the cost we had to pay. We didn't expect that. You think you're going to serve God and everything is going to be wonderful, and, and then you find out there's a whole lot of people over here who don't appreciate you serving God with all your heart. In fact, they want to try and, and upset things. And yet you choose to serve him anyways. Amen. So anyway, so you think everything is about, you know, we're, we're coming up. She's, gee, uh, Mary is just days away 
from giving birth. And, and the centurion comes running to all the different towns throughout the, uh, the region and, and with his decree. Caesar Augustus decrees to go to your ancestral home. We've got to do a census. Why? Because he wants more taxes. You know, the, the two things in life are guaranteed, right? Death and taxes. And Caesar Augustus was good at both. And, um, and so that meant we had to go all the way down to Bethlehem. You know, that's it wasn't around the corner for us. And Mary is, is she's, she's fully pregnant, and, but, but it was urgent. We didn't have time. So we, we had, took a little longer than other people to get down there, but we, we did finally several days, but three or four days it took to get down there. But we get there. Of course, we're later than others, and whatever rooms were in the inn, they had been long filled, and, and so we, uh, we didn't know what to do. And then the innkeeper said, well, see, there's... There's caves right there in the in the hillsides, and and they use livestock are stored in there, and and there was an, an area in one of them that they um, gave us, and so we got some fresh straw and put that down, put some blankets down to make Mary comfortable, and been quite the journey, and and darkness was coming, and but it was bright outside, it was kind of bright, there was no moon, but it was bright, you know. The star out there, I had never seen a star like that before. Anyways, just something else to talk about. But, but So I'm out there looking at the star, and Mary says, Joseph, yes, would you bring a towel and some water? I said, why? It's just because the baby's coming. And all of a sudden, your mind is going to, what? You know, and so we go in there. I ran the innkeeper, helped us with some stuff. And, and I'll tell you, um, the only person who ever delivers a baby is the woman who is carrying that baby. Anybody else just helps. But a thought came across our minds as, as she delivered this baby, the Messiah, the promised one, that as she delivered him, knowing that he would one day deliver us, was quite a moment. Deliver us from the wrath of God from our sin judgment and save us from our sin I'm willing to do whatever God needs me to do because my life is not about me it's about him getting glory out of my life well there's a whole bunch more that happened not going to get into that maybe I think next week is Christmas so maybe You'll hear some more about that, but some unexpected visitors visit us that night, and, and some angelic choirs, and and um, and that. But uh, you'll want to bring some friends. Don't miss next week. Who knows what's going to happen? Pastor Tim knows. But anyways, I'll let I'm going to let Pastor Tim finish this. Is that all right? So thank you for letting me come, and uh, I'll go get him. One second. So. <laughs> Thank you, Joseph. Appreciate it. You know, say hi to Mary for us. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, that's kind of fun. There's this word I want you to say with me. It's spelled H-I-N-E-N-I. It's a Hebrew word. Okay. And I believe, I'll probably misspell it, but I, I believe you pronounce it Hineni. The N-E would be like N-A-Y. Like high, but Hineni. So say that with me. Hineni. Say it again. Hineni. Hineni means here I am. 
or here am I, however you want to say it. But you have to be very careful how you say it. Um, because especially in the, uh, a growing narcissistic kind of culture in America where it's my truth, it's my identity, it's my happiness, it's my wants, it's my way, you know what I'm saying. That creates a Christianity and some, if it infiltrates the church, it creates a Christianity is that, God, what can you do for me? When it really should be quite the different, the other, right? It's not what we can get from God, it's what God can get from us. Amen? Uh, it's like this. It's like you get a job, all right? And the, the work is pounding out widgets, Right? I don't know why we always go to talk about widgets, whatever widget, right? And then with the job, you have a benefit package, you know, health, dental, vision, right? Well, your job is to do the job, pound out the widgets, and the benefit package is there to meet your needs. But when we lose sight of what the purpose of why we're here as believers, we stop doing that and we get worried about, is this benefit package going to keep me supplied and, and take care of me? And Jesus said in Matthew 6 in the Sermon on the Mount, don't worry about those things. That's your benefit package. You, you follow me. Make my kingdom your greatest desire. Seek my ways. But let my priorities be the priorities that you order your life with. And then... The benefit package just kicks in whenever needed. Right? And so, if we get the right focus, it's about, God, how can I serve you in this life? Whatever way, big or small. I mean, big or small compared to other people, but if it's God is asking you to do it, it might be small to others, but it's big for, it's big for him and big for you. And just do it with all your heart. Because I know God will take care of me. I don't need to worry about that. I don't, try, I don't need to try to protect the things that God said he would take care of anyways. I need to do the things that give him glory, give him my life. So it, for someone to say Hanani, and even a, this Jewish, Christian Jewish website, I don't know if, you can, if that's the right way to put it, Jewish followers of Jesus website, so be careful when you say that because to say Hineni, to say be here I am, it carries the understanding as this is a, a way of expressing your total readiness to give yourself. That it's an offer of total availability. God speaks to you, say Hineni. He says, I am here, whatever you want. Here I am. God, use me. Before he tells you what he wants to do. It's like when God came to Abraham. Now, Isaac's been born. You know, he has his son of the promise finally. The whole, that's a long story. He's like 105 years old or, you know, whatever he is. And, and, or maybe he's 110 years old then. And, but whatever, then, then the Lord comes to Abraham, calls him. And, and then Abraham's response is, Hineni, here am I. Whatever you want. And then he says, I want you to take the son that I gave you, that I promised to you, that through whom I'm going to build a, a nation and bless all the nations of the world through, I want you to take him to a mountain I'll show you and sacrifice him to me. What? And 
What did he do? He picked up everything. That, by that next day, they're loaded up and they're heading out. Several centuries later, Moses is now 80 years old. He's hanging out with, don't be offended by this, by a bunch of sister-in-laws and his wife and a bunch of girl women and his father-in-law, good father-in-law, and a bunch of sheep. And he's out there in the wilderness there and he notices a bush flaming, but it's not being consumed. He says, oh, that's... Don't see that every day out here. He steps towards there and God speaks to him from that bush, just calls him Moses. And, and the words that Moses said is, Hineni, here I am. Now, he didn't know what he was. In fact, we know he tried to back out of it, right? But God I want you to t- I want you to deliver my people out of Egypt. He said, here I am, and then God gave the directions. Probably about 500 years or more later, Samuel, the last of all the judges. Samuel's a young man, young, uh, helping Eli. The, you know the, the whole story about, about Samuel. He's, he's a young man. Eli's an old, blind, now blind, really a... Sad excuse for a priest, and his two sons are corrupt and immoral and twisted, and and God God is not happy with him, and and God raised Samuel up, and and it's, it's the night, and Samuel hears a voice calling to him, Samuel, Samuel, so he gets up, goes into Eli's room, and says, Hanani, that's what he says to him, here I am, and I didn't call you, go back to bed, you know. Happens three times. The fourth, and then he says, what, what? the third time, what, what? hey, next time, go back, lay down. God is speaking to you. I want you to stay there. And when you hear him, his voice, say, Hanani, say, speak, for your servant is listening. That, that's what it means. Speak. And so what happened is then God gave Samuel a really hard message for Eli. What God was going to do. Because he had had enough. And then the, the calling. And then you could go several centuries later. In Isaiah 6, Isaiah, in a vision, comes into the throne room of God. And as he sees, just seeing God, convicts him of his sin and how filthy he is and falls to his face as, Woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell among a people of unclean lips. And, and an angel comes and goes the, takes a coal from the altar and comes up to Isaiah, touches it to the lips of his mouth and he says, you're, you're now clean. And then he's able to stand and then it happens. He just overhears God speaking to those with him. Who can we send? Who will go for us? God was not talking to Isaiah, but he stepped up and said, Hineni, whatever it costs, I want you to use me. And how many know that Isaiah did not go out and build a mega church and have multi-satellite churches and a big television network and everybody worshipped him? He was one of those ones who would not be in the church growth circuit. But we recognize him as a prophet of God. And God used him powerfully. And although 
Mary would have spoken either Greek or Aramaic, probably Aramaic at the time when Gabriel came to her in that monumental moment to say, hey, the favor of God is on you. <laughs> You're going to give birth to Messiah. And, uh, and afterwards, knowing, understood, Mary would know the whole cultural challenge it would be to convince the people around her that this baby inside of this, this woman was from the Holy Spirit, not from any kind of inner normal connection or interaction between a man and a woman. But she simply said this, which is the definition again of Hanani. She says, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me just as you have said. Mary and Joseph, they accepted the consequences. Here I am, God, use me. With every call of God, there was this difficulty, there's a challenge, there's a hard... Now, you know, when I go into ministry, I couldn't wait to get into ministry. I just wanted to be in the... doing the work of the ministry. I, just, I couldn't wait. I finished Bible college, and I, a year I had to work in, a, you know, another job, and we were just... I did that, we did it intentionally so we could we got married during college so we could maybe just have a year of just working maybe get to know each other you know and not have the the strain of of school and but i couldn't wait to get that first ministry job you know and and now i'm there because god has called me there not because i can't wait to be there don't don't get me wrong you know what i'm saying there's a calling and and a placement that god for all of us if you're serving God for your comfort and for making yourself happy, you just like, you need to reevaluate some things. But at the same time, as Mary and Joseph, as Abraham, as Moses, as Samuel, Isaiah, as Mary and Joseph, as they all knew it was worth it all. Psalm 84.10 says, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. Because they understood. They understood. You know, people like to be with winners, right? Why not give yourself to the one who has already won? And I believe that this really is, is a call for us. Um, Our, very, our nation's very life depends on a church that is willing to turn to our God and say, Hanani. We've too long have turned to him and says, God, can you help me out? And not that we don't need that and he's not there for that. But God needs some people who in this nation will say, Hanani, whatever it costs, use me in this day where you've placed me for your, for your glory for the salvation of my family, of my neighbors, of my community, and if by poss- any possibility, by my nation itself. And I would also add one other Hanani to it. Isaiah 58, 9. Did you know God says that to you? You'll find the word, the English word "behold" many times in the uh, in the Old Testament, 
And that is this word. Maybe it's hene or heneni, either one. But it says behold. But when God says behold, he says, behold, I'm here doing this. And he says in, in that verse, he says, then you will call. The Lord will answer. You will cry for help. And he will say heneni to you, to those who cry out to him. He says, this is where God steps in and says, here I am. Use me. He comes to you for us. He comes for you in your time of need, in your time of trial, in, in your brokenness, in your, 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 your confusion. Just think of that, some of the things I referenced earlier that, that, that you know has been in your life and in our life and those kind of things. And God came to you in that. And he said, Hanani, here I am. Just call to me. And it goes on, it says, you turn away from malicious talk, the pointing finger, turn away from things, care for the people who are hungry and poor. And and when you do so, your darkness, uh, light will rise in your darkness and your night will become like noonday because I have come. And so there's this Hanani that comes from God. And then how else can we respond except by the same thing? Here I am, Lord, use me. Amen. And we stand. And I just, just close our eyes and I just part, just thank God for, as we, for the way in which he has come to us in that way and in the issues and the challenge in our life. And, and you're in one right now and you, you cry to him, you call out to him, you put your faith in him. And he says, Hanani, here I am. I am doing this. I am in your midst. I am working for you. I'm working in your situation. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. Do not let these things distract you and bear you. I am here to lift you up. Hanani. God's words to you in your situation. If, if this is what you need right now, He is that for you. And at the same time, He calls to you and I. And I guess the first question I, that we should all answer, and we probably, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to just assume everybody has done this, but do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Have you truly trusted in him? Have you asked him to forgive you of your sin? To cleanse you? Have you asked him to be the Lord of your life and, and, and uh, to give your life to him? If you have not done that and you see that this is what you need to do, this is your day of salvation, Second Corinthians 6, today of the day of salvation. If you hear his voice, if you're hearing that voice inside of you saying you need to repent and ask God to forgive you, you need to give your life to him that he might forgive you and make you a child of God. If you hear that, don't harden your heart and just call out to him and he will say, Hineni, I will forgive you of your sin. I will wash away. I will give you a new life. And if you need to do that right now, right where you're at, you can just stand. You're standing there and say, God, would you forgive me? Wash me clean. I give my life to you. How, whatever words you use, he knows, he hears your heart. The second thing I would just say for those, you're following Jesus. Willing to say in this time, what, without having to have all the details filled in, you just say, you, you, today you, you look to God in, in a situation we're in as, a, as a, a, a church, as a region, a state, and a nation. You say, Hanani, here I am, God, use me. 
you would devote yourself to serve him in whatever way. And it's always locally. It's always fun to go run off to this other place where God is doing powerful things, but this is where we live. This is where our neighbors are. This is where our family is. We go to church. We go to, we go to, we shop here. We go to school here. These are the people that are, are right here. These are the, these are the people God has made us accountable to, and therefore, may God help us to offer ourselves for His purposes right here. We'd say, Hanani. Here I am. God, use me. Worship, prayer, fellowship, teaching, the year of giving, of serving, of helping, finding a need and filling it, sharing your faith with your neighbors, sharing Christ with those others, inviting them to find Christ, inviting them to church, all these little things. They, they might seem like little, but, but they are huge when you mix, put God in the mix. And I believe he's just saying... To all of us, he's calling to us and he's looking for those who will simply lift their hands and say, Hanani, Lord, use me. If you hear him saying, if you hear him calling you and you ought to respond this morning to any of these things that I've, that I've mentioned, if it's committing your life, if it's about a saying, God, use me in this place right here. Maybe you've done it again. You're just going to say, yes, I am here for your purposes, Lord. Things around here don't have to be perfect, but I'm here for your purposes. And you would just say, you're, you're saying to God, Hanani, God, use me. Would you just come and join me up front as we close around the front here and ask God to be glorified through our lives today? There's something about stepping out from where you're at, just physically moving your body. And just saying, God, here I am. It's not much. I'm not much. But you're, you're everything. You, you, you fill in all the gaps. You make the difference. You are... With you, all things are possible. We sang about that. You took the five loaves and the two fish and you fed 5,000. So why don't you can take a few of us here and feed the thousands that are around us. God, break us as you broke the bread and the fish and, and raised it to your Father. Father, we would be broken in ourselves, Lord God, and, 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 and not just trying to protect ourselves. And, but God, we give ourselves to you for your purposes in this hour. First of all, we give ourselves to you in, in surrender and in worship and in dedication, Lord, to live for you, whatever that looks like as you show us, Lord. And then also, God, that you would use us to feed the people around us, Lord. To meet the needs that are around us, God. We, we, we lift up our voices. You want to lift your hand and begin to intercede for this area? God, that you would see us, Lord. We, we, we lift our hands, our hearts to you and say, Hanani, God, for the sake of the lost that are around us, Lord, the, the confused, the, 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 the deceived, Lord God, the people who are trapped, who are in bondage, the God, the ones who have been blinded, Lord, in Jesus' name. God, we come say, Hanani, here we are, God, use us for your glory, God. We aren't much, 
But you are everything. You're just looking for vessels to fill. So it's not what the vessel is, it's who fills it. So fill your, fill your temple, Lord God. Fill us, Lord God, for your purposes, God. And we give ourselves to you right now. We give ourselves. You, you just tell them. Use your own words right now. Just whether, whether you're up here or not, just tell them. Just speak to him what's on your heart. Lord, we just we, we give ourselves to you, Lord God. We don't know what it all looks like. You didn't explain it to, to these uh, in, in, in the past, Lord. They just said, here I am, Lord. Use me, Lord. And then, then you gave them directions. So go ahead, God. Fill in the blank. We'll sign the bottom of the contract. Now you put in the details later. But God, by your grace and by your strength and by our faith in you, we will say to you, Hanani, that you would get glory out of our lives, that you would get glory out of Tri-County Christian Center, that you would get glory out of Deer Park, you would get glory, God, out of this inland northwest, Lord, in Jesus' name and beyond. You would get glory out of your church, Lord God, that, uh, and uh, an awakening because we said, Hanani, that you would be glorified. And we give you thanks and we give you praise, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. If you're near somebody, why don't you, can you just lay your hand on somebody's shoulder near you? And let's just pray. Just pray for the person on your right or your left as you can or you can't reach them, that's just, just pray. God, we just, we're asking you, God, to, to, to speak to my brother, my sister here, Lord, in Jesus' name. Pray you reveal, Lord God, your love. Reveal your truth, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray, God, for, for the, uh, just the faith to believe you will meet their every need, Lord God, right now, that they would not be distracted by the things that you said are a part of the benefit package. You'll take care of them, Lord Jesus. I uh, pray for an anointing. Pray for God's anointing upon them. Pray for the Holy Spirit to come upon them. Holy Spirit, come upon my brother and my sister, Lord God, for a, a fresh outpouring, a fresh infilling of your Holy Spirit, Lord, for new tongues would rise from your people, gifts, of healing and, and miracles and signs and wonders, God, in the name of Jesus, for your glory, God, in Jesus' name. Father, equipping of your church, Lord, an equipping and anointing of your church, Lord Jesus, an awakening of us, your church, a reviving of your church, Lord. We all need, forgive us of our sin, Lord God. Forgive us of the way that we have, have, have messed with the world's toys, Lord God, and we've We've looked where we shouldn't have looked. We've said things we shouldn't have said. We thought and, and, and desired things we shouldn't have. God, forgive us, Lord, and we just come to you the, 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 for your grace is sufficient for all of our needs. To be glorified, God. Be glorified, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Bless your name. Bless your name. I pray or praying, God, for a Christmas time unlike anything we've experienced. Something that's not about the presence, but the presence of God in our homes, in our lives, families, an awakening among our lost loved ones, Lord. A shattering of the darkness that has, has in, in, in wrapped itself around the hearts and minds to hear you. To love you, to know your truth, to run away from the darkness into your marvelous light. Hallelujah, God. And in that work, 
we look to you and we simply say, Hanani, here we are. God, use us. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's just thank him. Let's just thank him before we go. We're going to bless your name. We thank you, Jesus, for what you're going to do. We give you praise. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody said? Amen. I can tell you what God can do, only he knows. We just got to make ourselves available. Amen. So who knows what's around the corner? So let's have hope. All right. God bless you. Hope to see you this week or next Sunday.